Hello, this is Anne, the Multimedia Director of Kearney First United Methodist Church, and you're listening to our Sunday Morning Sermon Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and uplifted as you listen to this sermon. Thank you for turning in. Let us pray. God, you speak to us as we read Scripture. Send your Holy Spirit to open our ears, hearts, and minds so we may hear your message for us today. Amen. Today's scripture reading comes from 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it, and testify to it. And we proclaim to you, the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you, Nate. We are talking about vision of faith. Sometimes vision of thing reminds us to remember our faith, our faith journey with Jesus Christ. Especially we want to look at Vincent van Gogh, and I really like his painting works. It's fantastic. And I hope and pray that God speak to our hearts as we talk about engaging in this sermon series. With this, let us pray. God, we give thanks for your presence with us this morning. We know you are here with us. Speak to our heart. We want to abide in you, and you abide in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And probably the first two months of my child, Theo, requires me and YJ to do a lot of works. And his life pattern was pretty regular, like he's sleeping well, he eats well, and he, he, we change his diapers multiple times. And he threw up a couple of times. And now it is okay to say, oh, he was really easy, but around the time, it was really irregular. We didn't know for sure when he want to sleep, when he want to wake up, and how much he want to eat, and after eating, and uh, to burp, how much we need to wait for and before putting him to bed, right? And only uh, our family is away from us in South Korea, and YJ and me are only people taking care of my baby, so only two people doing one job, and I usually take night shift to let YJ sleep through the night. And usually I like taking care of him until 7 a.m., and around 7 a.m. I wake her up. YJ, wake up. It's your time. (laughs) And then she want to sleep a little bit more. Uh, I'm a little bit sleepy. Can I sleep a little bit more? Maybe five, ten minutes. Yes, you can sleep more. I let her sleep one more hour. So around 8 a.m., I wake her up again. Hey, YJ, you should wake up now. And then she wake up, and then I go to bed and sleeping. And around 11 a.m. or between 11 a.m. and noon, and then I wake up, I, my eyes just open. I, I don't want to, but just open. And then, and then I pretended sleeping more. <laughs> and burying myself in pillow, and, uh, you know, I did so much work for her, and she can do a little bit more, Right? 
I know I'm not the only one here doing like this. And somehow in our world, we are, uh, we are doing everything based on give and take mindset. So our society is weary of this thing, like tediously detail and what I need to do, what you need to do in order for me to do what you want, right? So we don't do anything if there is no return, if there is something valuable to us, then we work on it. So it is like give and take. And probably it is a good thing, right? So when we hire someone to work for us and we wrote down job description and we pay people for flooring and, and painting and roofing things, and according to our job description, they work on, we pay them. So if they work on well, prob- probably it is a really good thing, right? But the problem appears when we apply this mindset everywhere and every area of our relationship, especially loving relationship and friendship and relationship in the church. We might be tired saying and hearing, oh, I did too much work, but you didn't do anything. I, didn't, I did so much work, but you didn't take care of me. Then we start to see a problem there. And look at the world. And larger scale, when you see that, and people want to pay back the same amount of damage we received, the people received. And any wars in the world didn't end really easily because people believe they need to pay back the same amount of damage they received, or sometimes more than that. And we are talking about Vincent Van Gogh and related to our faith journey together. And Vincent Van Gogh, I really like, admire and his artwork. Because when you see his artwork, it's vivid colors and unique brush touch. It gives a sense of like movement and it's, it, it seems like moving, right? And probably he wanted to co- communicate with us deeply through his artwork. And, but you know, as Pastor Matt talked about last week, and his father was a pastor, and his grandfather was a pastor, and one time he wanted to be a pastor, but his dreams were met with frustration, particularly by his church. Around his time, and in, in his experiences, like church was not welcoming place, too traditional and too stiff to embrace people like Van Gogh. And he had a big dream. I want to build a utopianic community where every people can come together and share lives together. But the church was not an ideal place for him. He had a big dream, but reality is still here below. And in the two worlds, like his ideal dream and reality, he was struggling between the two worlds, mentally, spiritually, and physically, probably. And one of, one of the examples of this is, in his 20s, he developed a strong affection for a woman. Her name was Sin, but she was engaging in a prostitution. But he wanted to love, him, love her, he wanted to change her life with kindness and love and everything, but his family, except for his loving brother, Theo, entire his family, like especially his father, disapproved of this relationship. But he continued to love her, and he supported her family and especially her children, and he supported them with like financial support. 
But we know that Pastor Matt talked about last week, he didn't sell much about his painting works. Only one, two or three. He was not a rich guy and wealthy guy, and because of lack of financial support, and it's just not enough. So she and he broke up, and she returned to her former profession. And always Vincent van Gogh, he wanted to draw some people there, especially marginalized people, farmers, mine workers, and prostitutes, and these people can come together and share their lives together. And although Vincent van Gogh, he didn't choose to be a pastor, people were always his attention. He wanted to be around them. With this spiritual journey and spirit, like his life journey, we want to take a look at the second painting, and tra- traditionally known as a wheat field with a lark. Let's look at it. When you look at this, it's a perfect ruler area, right? It's like yellow down there and blue sky over there. It's wheat field, it's waving. And if it were like cornfield instead of a wheat field, it would have been better, but it is still fine, right? So you can see amid a waving wheat field, your poppies and cornflowers there, a, a bird emerges from the field and flies. This is beautiful. You can see his unique touch is like moving. And he really likes to uh, depict some nature like this. You will see this kind of type of pictures in his paintings. There has been a debate about the bird here, like whether it is a lark or a partridge. Do you know any difference between lark and partridge? We know only pheasants, right? <laughs> so, uh, traditionally, the bird was identified as lark than partridge. But Van Gogh Museum in Netherlands, they assert that it is a partridge. So when you go to in museum, when you go to the museum in Netherlands, you will see the two birds displayed there, one lark and one partridge, and they say, and the bird flies like lark, uh, like partridge. So it is a partridge. And I'm not knowledgeable of any birds. <laughs> I don't know much about them. But according to a book that I read, partridge. Is a little bit naive, not clever, and somehow dumb and stupid, and they cannot distinguish well and discern well the eggs, whether they lay or other birds lay. Anyway, they incubate the eggs and hatches them some sometimes, and they, they they cannot calculate well and they cannot distinguish well, so not a smart one. When you go to the next one, so uh, when, you, when you look at closely, there is a little bit small dot, black dot, suggesting, suggesting that uh, this is another bird, lays the eggs and flying away. And it's the partridge, it's their job to take care of the eggs no matter what. And we now know there are multiple ways and numerous ways we can uh, understand and interpret. Vincent van Gogh, his artwork. And we can evaluate it, we can appreciate the art itself. Sometimes we're gonna see the framework and colors and brush strokes and things like that without considering his life journey. 
It, it, it is probably more objective. But when you look at this, when you look at his life journey and spiritual journey, we may interpret his art a little bit subjectively, especially today, Sunday morning, we can interpret his artwork a little bit more spiritually. So when he depicted the partridge like that and another bird there, he may dream that uh, if we were like the partridge, cannot distinguish well whether it's own eggs or not, and cannot calculate well what is good, what is beneficial for themselves. But give, serve, and love unconditionally, no matter what. And he might be dreaming like that. Uh, We have a church like that. People can be embraced no matter what, who they are, can come together and share their lives together. Maybe it was one of his intentions when he drew this painting a long time ago. And we just have read First John today. First John, starting with the, like, uh, the incarnate love of God and love of Christ, it is not philosophical love, but it's really tangible love. It could be experienced, and we, we can feel it. And First John, it says that we have touched it, we have heard it, and we have looked at it, and through our body sense, we could feel the love of God and Christ's love. And the Christ's love is not just pleasing words to our ears, but it is embedded. It is concrete. It is tangible. So when you think about the letter was written between 85, between, between 85 and 95, you know, Jesus lived here around 0 to 33 or like around that time. The recipients of this letter, most likely they didn't see Jesus in person. But how did they know the tangible love of Christ? They didn't, they didn't see Jesus in person probably through his disciples and second-generation disciples or third-generation disciples of Jesus Christ. They talked about Jesus Christ. And they made Christ's love tangible and manifest and experiential in their community and beyond. Again, it is through people who made this love tangible. And Jesus first shares his life with us and fills us with love and light. And then Jesus continued to empower us and inspire us to create a room for us and for others to experience the same, same thing. So people might say, we have touched and experienced. And look at this at our hands. We experienced the love of God through this community. And we are children of God, we might say that. Sometimes we say this love, uh, name this love a little bit differently. And covenant, it is one way we name this love. Covenant is more like we don't think about anything, but we love, we serve, and we give. It's different from contract. Contract is like that. I love you if you do this to me. My contract mindset could be prevailing in our marriage system and in our family in our family system we might say I do this work I do this work for my family and you you need to do this work for our family right 
But if we only have this mindset, we are doomed to fail. At the end of the day, we want to say that I love you no matter what. Sometimes it could be unfair, but we want to say I love you no matter what. You don't need to say that it is unfair. Just say I love you, right? And it is so biblical, I believe. Because the Israelite people, they failed to follow on God's calling and God's love every time. And God was disappointed, yes. But God went a little bit further than just being frustrated. God once again called the people, these rebellious people, they are my children, and gave them a new covenant and new promise. And once again, God commanded them to love like this, covenantal loving relationship with your neighbor, with your God. And Jesus did the same thing. Jesus knew he would be betrayed by people, especially his beloved disciples. The day before he had a supper, he shared his body and life together with them, and he knew he would be betrayed by these people particularly. But John says that Jesus loves them to death. He knew that his betrayer and Holy Spirit still empowers us and inspires us to love like this and create a room we can experience covenantal relationship and covenantal love. A few weeks ago, we did members class, Methods class, we did it here in our church. So I had a chance to think about what is membership for us. And I deeply believe membership is a covenantal relationship with God through this particular church, Cardiff First United Methodist Church. When we do baptism service here and, and a members service here, we affirm our faith in Jesus Christ. We also reaffirm our covenantal relationship through this church. And we live out our faith. We want to live out our faith through particularly this church. But we know that church is not a perfect place. When you gather together, all sinful people and flawed people, when you gather together, we're going to see some problems here, right? And we, got, we are going to experience some hurt by people. We're having some unpleasant moments through our church. And as a pastor, there are so many things I don't like about the church stuff. I shouldn't say that as a pastor, but I already said that. <laughs> Anyway, but at the end of the day, we're going to learn about covenantal love through God's grace. Relying on God's grace, we want to share our lives together, ups and downs together. And then at the end of the day, we want to say in God's grace, I love people here. I love this community. I love God through this church as long as our mission is the same. Bring people to God and let them encounter Christ's love. And the love is concrete and embodied through this church. If it is our mission, I can do. And sometimes people call me, maybe um, children ministry director Jeannie, she calls me, you are so honorary. I didn't know what honorary means. So, like, because I didn't learn it from my graduate studies there. So, what does it mean, being honorary? Being honorable? Yes, I'm honorable. (laughs) 
so like sometimes people me I'm honorary probably that's right, and I see people honorary just like me. Even if honorary like me, I'm going to serve you. If your children get married here, I'm going to officiate you, their wedding. And if you die here, even if you are honorary to me, I will officiate your worship service. And if you go to hospital, I will vision you and I will pray for you no matter what because I believe it is deeply biblical and also it is a counter relationship. God binds us through together. It is not by, like, probably my will is reflected, but mostly God came to us first and binds us together. So it is covenant relationship. And, uh, like, um, probably we are, like, getting tired. I, I did so much work to this church. I gave a lot to this church, but I didn't receive anything from the church. I'm done with that. It is more like contract mindset. I give and take. But God calls us to live out covenant relationship, although nobody understands us. Nobody appreciates me. Even pastor doesn't appreciate me. I will serve. I will give. I will love people here because God did it to me and still does to me. It is covenant relationship. And our church has a food pantry ministry located in the East Lone area. And um, because of our economic situation, like inflation, and so many people coming in now in need. And one of the customers, he is like honorary, just like me, breaking the rules and wanting more, right? So the committee member and like food pantry member, they talked about it and how we help him. So my human parts say, hey, you are breaking all the rules here, making like chaos here. We are done with you. Don't come here. Like I inwardly say, I didn't say that though. But the comedy meeting say, the comedy people said that uh, we don't want to say, you cannot come here anymore. Uh, we want to find another way to support him and help him. And when I heard that they're saying like this, I saw. Holy Spirit and Spirit's work and spiritual fruit in them, in the ministry. And I believe that God is here with the covenant relationship and covenant loving. I just imagine when Van Gogh, he depicted this painting, especially the bird, like the partridge. What if we love, serve, and give extravagantly without thinking anything? What is good? What is... <laughs> beneficial for us. Just embrace people, love unconditionally. Embrace people, welcoming them to this church if we are like these people. Maybe that was a dream of Vincent van Gogh. So whenever we see this painting, we remember Christ's love is tangible and concrete and embodied in our lives. God wants us to live out this covenant relationship. And in what areas in your life can you share this tangible love with others? I hope, I believe that God will speak to you and speak to your heart and transform our lives together. In this love, may we see God's grace more fully. Amen. Thank you for listening. 
We hope you have found the topics mentioned today to be thought-provoking and meaningful. For more information about our church, ministries, and upcoming events, check out our website at carneyfirstumc.org. If you'd like to join us on Sunday in person or on live stream, our traditional services are at 8.15 and 11 a.m. and our modern service is at 9.30 a.m. We look forward to seeing you next week. And until then, go in peace and may God bless you.